I'm Karuna. I'm the founder and executive director for Mind Oasis. And with me today on Meditation Happy Hour is Carly Lemus. How are you, Carly? I'm doing well. Um, I'm enjoying the winter here in Texas. I use that word lightly, of course, but it's been really beautiful. Yeah, I remember when I lived in uh, the Austin, Texas area, anytime it would get under 50 degrees, everyone would bust out their leg warmers and hats and mittens and... Yeah. Um, and it's been about that recently at night and then it'll warm up to the fifties or sixties and it's been really nice. Very cool. So I always like to start, um, these podcasts sort of with the same question. What has your morning looked like so far? Oh, wow. So my morning has looked more or less the same for, uh, many months now. I have a 10 month old, so, um, it's so drastically different from before that. I, I always had like, I always had a morning practice, a morning routine to ground me. That was very ideal. <laughs> it doesn't look like that anymore. Um, but I still try to keep some things in there. In fact, I'm adding something new in and I'll get to that. So um, let's see. My alarm is set for 5.45. Sometimes I get up at 5.30. Um, and um, usually if I wake up before the baby, just because we're so connected, she'll wake up within like five minutes after me. Um, and I don't get her out of her crib until six, unless she's upset, but she's usually pretty chill. So, um, in that 10 minutes or so, I just kind of do a little bit of self-care in the bathroom, drink a little bit of water. Then I get her out of her crib and I nurse her and we do our whole little morning routine with that. Um, and then, um, yeah, she plays in her playpen while I have my coffee. And then we go watch the sunrise, which has been like one of the pieces that I've put in that's been really lovely and grounding. And as she's gotten more active, we spend less time with the sunrise because she just wants to get out of my lap and go do her own thing. But it's still been really sweet. That's awesome. How lovely. Um, so you are a yogini and I would love to hear a little bit about your um, uh, journey to yoga, asana, but obviously there are seven other limbs that most of us don't talk a lot about. And I know that you um, have a strong practice. So maybe a little bit about your journey and then um, your relationship to some of the other limbs of yoga as well. Sure. Um, so it's it's long. I'll try to make it short because I've been practicing for about 22 years. Um, so 22 years ago, I always say when people ask me this question that yoga was not a household word, right? It wasn't something that everybody knew about. It wasn't um, just the, as recognized and commonplace as it is now. So I didn't know what it was. Um, I came from a dance background as a kid. And um, so this was after high school, I wanted to do something with my body because I had quit dancing, but I didn't know what that would be. Um, so I started working out at a gym, um, which I didn't really enjoy, but I knew that I had to do something with my energy. Um, and at that gym, they offered one yoga class a week and I just took it because it was part of my, you know, what I was already paying for. And, um, I definitely, although I've healed from it largely now would say that I tend towards being, um, an anxious or, you know, leaning towards that side of the spectrum anxiety, um, pattern. And at the end of the class, I was sitting still and I felt calm and I didn't remember having ever felt that way in my life ever before. So I was just like, wow, there must be something to this. Um, and that's a very short version of 
eventually finding Anusara Yoga um, about, I'd say, six to eight years after that. And that's when, even though I had already been practicing for a long time and had even started teaching at that point, um, that's when my physical practice really started to um, deepen. Yeah. And then with the other limbs, another thing I always say is that, you know, everyone enters the yoga practice through a different door. And even though for me, I kind of entered through that door of, um, you know, finding some calm, it was really more about the physicality because the, what led me to the calm was what was bringing me back. Right. I wasn't sitting and meditating, you know, 22 years ago. Um, that took a while, but what I always tell people is that even if you don't have the intention of sitting in meditation, even if you don't have any interest in the philosophy or any of the other limbs, if you just stay on the path, eventually it'll sneak up on you. It's like they come and they tap you on the shoulder, those other limbs. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, you're right there. And then, and you generally, most people will start to form a relationship with those other limbs. I really love that. I love that. Um, it's almost like there's no escape. Right. <laughs> like if, right. if you practice long enough and heart, uh, open hearted enough, um, there's really no escape from the other, um, more philosophical and, and, uh, less movement based, um, aspects of yoga. So you have an upcoming, um, series on mind oasis which is amazing considering you're in full-time mommy mode do you want to talk just a little bit about it and what one might expect if they um come to your questions so um backbends have always been one of my passions as far as the physical practice is concerned um and um prior to having or prior to being pregnant um i practiced all kinds of really physically intense and you know quote unquote advanced backbends. Um, and then postpartum, it's just been really challenging for me. Um, I, in the beginning was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do a backbend again. Um, but because I love them so much and you mentioned, you know, open heartedness, that's part of what I love about them is that big opening of the front body that we really don't get anywhere else. You know, a lot of the yoga poses, we will, the movements will find in regular everyday or functional movement, but backbending, um, unless you are, you know, painting a ceiling or like lying on your belly on your forearms in a sphinx like pose, like every day, you're not going to do those movements in your body. Um, with again, which is one of the reasons why I love them so much because they're just such a different experience from our regular body movements. Um, so in postpartum, I just, you know, I'm a very tenacious person. So I just stuck with it and, you know, definitely starting from the beginning again. Um, but I thought that that might be an interesting place to share from because um, I'm in this different body now, you know, the way, way different than a couple of years ago when I could do everything that there was to do with my body. Um, and so it's almost like I am an a very seasoned teacher who's sharing through the lens of someone that's a beginner again. And I thought that that might be just a really fun place for people to connect with on me, connect with me on. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So it sounds to me like um, the series would be appropriate for any level practitioner um, that you would be able to guide them in such a way that it's safe and sound and all that good stuff. 
Definitely. Um, safety with um, yoga asana is always um, kind of at the forefront of my mind when I'm working, especially with people that I don't know, but with anyone. Um, the last thing we want is to be able to not continue to practice because we pushed ourselves you know, too much or did something that didn't make sense in our bodies. Um, and um, I think that one of the things I'm known for in teaching asana is that, is being able to tailor the practice to whomever shows up and um, kind of just adjust my sequence or my ideas based on what's needed in the room. Very cool. And you called it from snakes to wheels. Can you talk about the title? I absolutely love sure. it. Yeah. Um, so snakes as in cobra pose, um, but I was thinking about just being on the ground and um, the back bends that are floor based on the front of the body, belly down back bends. Um, so that'll be week one. And then um, week two will eventually work towards um, camel shapes, which is like kneeling or standing on the knees. And then in the third week, um, we'll work towards more of uh, pressing up into Urdhvajanurasana or a full bridge or even just regular bridge pose. So kind of starting from the bottom and then the middle height and then all the way up to the top. Very cool. What do you think um, yoga asana has brought to your life? Um, well, you know, I mentioned like beginning again after having a baby and this isn't the first time that I've had that experience. I found it through injury, um, through grief. Um, and it's just um, a really beautiful sort of benchmark or touchstone, I think, to check in with one's physicality, which of course is related to all of the other aspects of ourself. Um, I remember... It's been about six years. Um, six years ago, I had a traumatic brain injury. It was really bad. And I went to my mat um, and just tried to practice like nothing happened. <laughs> and I really couldn't do anything. And I just cried and cried and cried and recognized that that was what needed to happen. Like I needed to have that experience of not being able to physically do much of anything so that I could recognize where I was, you know, because I think I was in a little bit of denial at that point with the injury. So it really helped me come to terms with how I needed to heal myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Carly, what's your truth? And you can answer that however you'd like. It's a very open-ended question. What's your truth? Well, no pressure, right? <laughs> um, my first thing that came to mind was love. Um, I think that my intention or my hope is to, as best as I can, and always, it's always a practice. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect as none of us are. Um, but is to move from a place of love and become a vessel for love and offer love and, um, you know, recognize that even though there is fear and even though there is a lot of pain and suffering in the world. Um, I can do the best that I can to continually reconnect to that, not just for myself, but for 
everyone that can receive that energy. Yeah. What I love about that is it really ties back to, um, how love can be expressed physically through heart opening. Um, I remember when I first started doing yoga, I didn't realize that a lot of us walk around with our shoulders kind of hunched forward. And now you can really see any yogi, any yogi, you can tell a yogi from 10,000 miles away, right? Because we, and I haven't been practicing yoga asana lately. I'm hiking and running. I'm just doing other stuff, right? But like, once you open your heart, you become an open-hearted person. Like, I don't think there's any turning back. I don't think you can ever be the person who's protecting their heart like this. But what is also interesting about that is that then the back of your heart's open. So there's this sort of um, contraction and open. And in 2021, I would guess there will be some flavors of both. Yeah, I love that. I love how you said, like, even the back of your heart is open. That's something I've definitely um, thought about a lot and, and shared and discussed with students a lot is that, like, no matter what your heart is open, it's just, you know, to what degree or is it what you're looking towards or what's behind you, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. So your workshop, Snakes to Wheels, starts this uh, Saturday mm-hmm. um, and it runs just for three weekends, right? The 9th, 16th and 23rd of January. And you can find out more about Carly's workshop at mindoasis.org and you'll see a tab that says learn. And then you just go to the yoga section and you'll find Carly's beautiful face and you can learn more about the series there. Carly, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really fun.